today provide you with in-depth news and expert analysis, tell you the whole story and the bigger picture, bring you the news you want to know only on today. World leaders extend New Year greetings to Chinese people. Iran refuses to accept conditions in EU payment channel. You're listening to today, a news program with a different perspective. I am Sui. Coming up, we have an hour of world news and analysis. To hear this episode again or to catch up on previous episodes, you can download our podcast by searching for World News Analysis. World leaders have extended their best wishes to the Chinese people for Spring Festival, which falls today. Our reporter Xie Cheng brings us some of the holiday messages. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres started his New Year greetings by wishing the Chinese people a Happy New Year in Chinese. Chun Zie Guai Lu, Happy New Year. I'm pleased to send you my best wishes on this auspicious occasion. In this new year, let us join hands to build a peaceful and prosperous world for all, leaving no one behind. I thank China and the Chinese people for your commitment to the United Nations. Despite the headwinds in our world today, we know that when we work together, we get things done. In that spirit, I wish you and your families health, success and happiness in this new year. Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe extended his New Year greetings to Chinese people through a video. Happy New Year, everyone. This is Shinzo Abe. Last year was an important year in the history of Japan-China relations, and this year will see the promotion of China-Japan youth exchange. I'm ready to devote more efforts to promoting people-to-people exchanges, especially among young people. On the occasion of the Chinese New Year, I welcome more Chinese friends to visit Japan this year. At the same time, other historical and cultural sites in China are also rich and colorful. I hope that more Japanese will also go to China to build a colorful bridge for mutual exchanges. Finally, I wish Japan-China relations make further progress in the new year. This is the first time an incumbent Japanese prime minister has sent Chinese Lunar New Year greetings through a video. That was our reporter Xie Cheng. Meantime, British Prime Minister Theresa May has hosted a Chinese New Year celebration reception at Number 10 Downing Street. The festivities are undoubtedly one of the highlights of Britain's cultural calendar, showcasing the strength, vibrancy, and diversity of our multicultural society. And they're a reminder of the incredible role that our Chinese community plays in British life, from students who've just arrived here to study, to families whose roots in this country go back well over a century. It's a legacy and a contribution that I celebrated here at Downing Street last week, bringing together leading figures from across our Chinese community, people without whom. The UK would not be the successful, dynamic country it is today. So wherever and however you are celebrating, let me wish you a very happy New Year and a prosperous and auspicious Year of the Pig. 
And also, former French President Nicolas Sarkozy has sat down with Asian communities in France ahead of the Lunar New Year. Sarkozy says the center of the world is moving eastwards. He says this is made possible not just because of the size of Asia's population, but more importantly, because of the diligence and the sense of responsibility of the people there. So let's talk about these messages from world leaders to to Chinese people. I want to welcome our guests today, Zhao Hai, a research fellow with the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences, and Xu Qinduo, senior political analyst. Welcome to the program and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Lee. Happy New Year. Happy want, New Year. I want to start with the former French President Sarkozy's comments about a center of the world. So, Dr. Zhao Hai,、uh, how is this shift of power balance, or as he suggested, the shift of the world's center being received by world leaders, particularly、uh, those leaders from the West? Well, first of all, I want to say、uh, Happy Lunar New Year to our listeners,、uh, and、uh, secondly, about the question. I think、uh, if you look back 200 years ago, when、uh, Napoleon said,、uh, "You know, don't wake up China. If China awakens,、uh, is awakened, then it's going to be a、uh, a great lion, <laughs> and、uh, it will upset the world." And today, I think with the、um, rising of China and the develop- latest development,、uh, the world has recognized the, the rising China, and uh, uh, people started to、uh, respect China's、uh, culture and history. I think Sarkozy expressed that、um, from the、uh, French people, and、uh, historically France has respected、uh, and liked and、uh, loved Chinese culture and history.、Uh, they have expressed uh, 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 over the years the appreci- appreciation of the Chinese tradition,、uh, and I think at this particular point,、uh, time、uh, moment,、uh, this expression showed the friendship and the understanding of the French people. And again,、um, if you look at what happened uh, over the, the past ten,、uh, twenty、uh, years, China's rapid rise has dramatically changed、uh, the global、uh, power structure. And、uh, I think around the globe, people recognize that. And the, not only economically,、uh, China is rising, but also、uh, there's more and more confidence in China's own political system and also culture around the world. Uh, people, you can see that around the world, there's a celebration in many major cities around the world,、uh, in London, in France, in Australia, in, in America.、Uh, everywhere, people uh, start to uh, appreciate the tradition、uh, of Chinese Lunar New Year. So again, I think、uh, it's just a, a recognition、uh, of China and Chinese contribution to the world civilization,、uh, as we listen to not only France but also other. World leaders express the same thing.、Mm-hmm. Sarkozy also says China plays a major role in maintaining the world's stability. And like we heard from UN Chief Guterres,、uh, who said, "We know that when we work together, we can get things done." So, Chindo, how do you see the role China has been playing in the world today to help maintain stability and development? Well, for one thing, you know, people notice China. The rise of China is China's rapid economic development over the past forty years, nearly、uh, two-digit、uh, economic growth. Uh, so that's very noticeable, and if you look at the Chinese contribution to the global economic、uh, growth over the past few years, it's more than thirty、uh, percent. So China has become one of the major engine of economic growth. So that's、uh, obviously one important contribution from the Chinese side.、Uh, other side, if you look at the、uh, when China grows. It tries to contribute more to the international peace and stability 
for example, uh, as one of the UN uh, Security Council permanent members, five permanent countries of the Security Council, China provides the largest number of uh, peacekeepers uh, to be deployed in uh, mostly African countries and other parts of the world. And also China is the second largest contributor to the keeping mission in terms of funding. Uh, so that's uh, where China pays a, a lot of attention to. And also uh, China is uh, um, you know, in the process of uh, uh, implementing the Belt and Road Initiative. Uh, it is a great initiative involving uh, you know, about 100 countries and organizations uh, in this whole process. Uh, one uh, private uh, uh, company just uh, finished a survey a calculation basically saying that uh, the BRI has actually contributed to the trade and investment uh, you know, to a certain uh, to the economic growth, to the global economic uh, say, uh, investment and trade. So that's I think that's uh, clearly at least on the surface what we are seeing the Chinese contribution toward peace and stability. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe's message. Uh, Shinzo Abe said he wished he wished uh, Japan-China relations make further progress in the new year. Dr. Zhao, uh, what's your expectation of the relations between China and the Japan in the year of 2019? Uh, in the past two years, we've witnessed uh, the continuous uh, improvement of U.S. Uh, of China-Japan relations. Just last year, um, Shinzo Abe, the Prime Minister of Japan, visited China in, in October, and this year we expect uh, President Xi to visit Japan in the next G20 meeting, probably in June. So I think uh, we're on the right track, as uh, uh, Foreign Minister Wang Yi and State Councillor Wang Yi has already said. Uh, we're on the right track, but the Japanese needs to. Um, uh, express uh, more about uh, their historical understanding, the correct historical understanding, and make more positive contribution to the continuous uh, improvement of this bilateral, important bilateral relationship. Uh, as we understand, after um, President Trump took over office, uh, the relationship between Japan and the United States, even even though uh, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe tried very hard to make a personal relationship with President Trump work, However, there are still areas of ten- tensions between the two countries uh, in terms of uh, uh, military base in, uh, uh, in, in Japan and also in terms of trade relations between U.S. Japan and also uh, in terms of uh, uh, North Korean nuclear issues. Uh, there are many areas where Japan and the United States can, can no longer see eye to eye, and Japan needs to expand its uh, market other than the United States. So what happened is that Japan... Uh, just uh, recently uh, has signed and also uh, ratified the new treaty with the EU. Uh, They have a new um, free trade uh, agreement. And now Japan needs to uh, get further into the Chinese market, and they wanted to develop better relations with China. So that's why I think um, Shinzo Abe at this point celebrated Chinese uh, Lunar New Year on the one hand. Also, he said during his, his speech he encouraged uh, young people uh, in China and Japan to communicate and exchange uh, more often uh, through regular channels. So I think looking forward, uh, we're um, cautiously optimistic about uh, China-Japan relations in the coming year. Mm. Lastly, about British Prime Minister Theresa May's New Year message, Chindo, how is the UK viewing its relations with China against the backdrop of all the uncertainties, for example, Brexit? Well, there's uh, the words I would say, understanding that uh, after the Brexit, uh, you know, Britain will turn to uh, the bilateral relationship with important economies such as China, India, and other countries. 
Uh, but uh, actually, uh, we have been hearing uh, different or mixed messages out of London. Of course, uh, you know, when it comes to this specific message from um, Prime Minister May, this is very warm. And of, of course, this was a uh, very, uh, uh, I would say, like a, a comfortable uh, for the Chinese community in Britain, as well as the Chinese living inside of China. Uh, we, I think a lot of people are grateful uh, for her spending time celebrating the Chinese New Year. Uh, but as I mentioned, there are some mixed messages. For example, uh, you know, we uh, used to hear a lot of talk of the golden era of bilateral relationship, especially uh, with the previous uh, uh, British administration uh, that under Golden Brown. Uh, but when May uh, took office a few years back, so there was somehow like a scaling uh, down of this bilateral relationship and less talk of the golden era. And also you hear recently, for example, the defense secretary of the UK, you know, he talked about uh, having military bases, uh, you know, uh, and one beam in Southeast Asia. And of course, the background is about the South China Sea. And for Chinese people, uh, you know, we find it very hard to understand that, you know, because it has nothing to do with uh, uh, Britain. It's at most it's territorial disputes between uh, China and a few uh, ASEAN countries and uh, among ASEAN countries themselves. So this is a historical issue. And there is a, a mechanism being established between China and ASEAN to help maintain peace and stability in this region. You know, I would say uh, tranquility and calm has returned in this region uh, for the past year and is continuing this year. So basically, we should contribute to the peace and tranquility in this region instead of creating, say, some tension by having new military bases uh, like that. Uh, so it's a kind of a mix. But uh, of course, you know, Brexit is still, uh, we don't know like what kind of a Brexit that will be. We will wait and see. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thanks. That was Xu Qinduo, Senior Political Analyst, and Zhao Hai, a Research Fellow with the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences, who were talking about the Lunar New Year messages from world leaders. Now let's move on to our second top stories. The Iranian judiciary chief says his country will never accept the conditions set in the EU's payment channel for trade with Iran. Ayatollah Sadiq Larijani says, quote, Europeans have created a mechanism with limited capacity not for exchanging money, but for food and medicine. However, Iranian President Hassan Rouhani earlier hailed a new payment system, saying it will ensure the maintenance of trade between Iran and the EU. The remarks came after foreign ministers of France, Germany and the UK announced the creation of the inst instrument in support of trade exchanges, or INSTEX. So take a, uh, to take a deeper look at Iran's reaction to the EU's proposal payment system, we're still joined by Zhao Hai, a research fellow with the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences, and Xu Qinduo, senior political analyst. So, Dr. Zhao, it seems we got contradictory messages from the Iranian side here. So how do we understand the way the EU proposal being received in Iran? Well, this is a very complicated issue, and we're facing a very complicated picture now. Because, uh, as you just said, on the European side, um, uh, France, Germany, and Great Britain wanted to maintain this uh, uh, tr uh, nuclear agreement. Uh, with Iran. Uh, also, within Iran, there's, uh, I mean, the president, particularly the president side of, of uh, Iranians, also wanted to maintain this uh, uh, nuclear deal so that they can keep their economy still running and uh, keep the, the door still open. Both sides wanted to keep the trade 
uh, between EU and Iran working, uh, and then using some other mechanism other than the, uh, the American SWIFT system so that they can avoid American sanctions. Uh, however, there are also forces at work. You can see that within Iran, there's also uh, hotliners who does not want to continue with this trade, uh, with this deal. They want to, just like the United States, to quit this nuclear deal and uh, regain uh, the, their process of de- developing nuclear capacity. Uh, in the European side, also, the European business um, community don't actually believe that European countries have the power and the ability to get around U.S. sanctions and make this index, that this new payment system work. So at this moment, we still don't know if that's going to work and if uh, this system can save this uh, whole nuclear deal. Because so far, uh, this newly designed system is kind of a border system between, uh, only between Iran and uh, a couple of major uh, European countries. And just like you reported, only cover very basic products that is outside the U.S. sanction list. So uh, like medicine, like uh, uh, normal daily use uh, products. That does not cover oil, which is a major problem because without oil payment, Iranian economy cannot work, cannot function properly. So, you know, if this system does not cover oil, then this system is just a a half system that cannot completely uh, rectify, uh, basically save the uh, nuclear deal. And also on the U.S. side, U.S. has has already said, uh, they harshly criticized European actions, and they said they are going to punish European companies uh, whichever company that participate in this program uh, severely. So I think uh, m- many European co- uh, European companies already pull out their investment out of Iran, and they don't want to risk uh, the U.S. sanction to continue to, to do business with, with Iran. So only small and medium business can uh, get into the system and do business with Iran, and that is not a big deal for Iran's economy. So overall, I think this is just uh, a, a show uh, for uh, of will for both sides to continue with this nuclear deal, but uh, at this point, I have no confidence that this will work. So, Chindo, will the this mechanism achieve its aims? Do you think its potential? Well, I, I tend to agree with uh, um, uh, Dr. Zhao. Obviously, there are a lot of challenges over here. It's really about uh, a test of the political will on the European countryside. You know, whether they will stand up to the United States, whether they will stand up to the blackmail and bullying from Washington. You know, this has been a almost like a tradition. Um, you know, the, usually in the serious moment, they don't have the the courage or the political will uh, to say no to the United States. Why at this, you know, uh, particular uh, time they are setting up this such a mechanism? Mechanism they are trying to keep alive the JCPOA, the Iranian deal, because this serves their interests. Uh, it's the, in their backyard. If there is a nuclear weapons, they will be put in danger, not Washington, remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, uh, I would say this is a, a great moment for the EU countries to be really independent, to exercise more high degree of independence, you know, to be themselves, to say somehow separate from, from Washington, have a separate, separate political identity, and uh, you know, to be really a significant global player because Washington has made it very clear that is they are for themselves uh, because they are following this America first principle. They are not caring that much about NATO, about the security of European nations. It's time for them to, to be on their own footing. And so 
this is a moment to test whether there will be a credible global player. Uh, I think there's a lot at this uh, uh, stake here. Of course, this is a baby step, whether it will serve uh, the rightful purpose of Iranian side or the European side. Um, we will see whether it will be expanded to include other uh, goods like energy or exclude other countries uh, beyond the European countries. And how do you see the different opinions within Iran towards this proposal? I think, you know, as Dr. Job pointed out, there are people who are more on the, say, like more conservative uh, at the very beginning, they are not happy with uh, this JCPOA deal. They think, you know, the U.S. is uh, not some country like you can trust. And obviously, it proves they are right because the U.S. has, uh, uh, like, let's say, uh, reneged, reneged on their promise uh, to keep the, the treaty, uh, to keep the obligation under the treaty, the withdrawal last year. And of course, for the uh, reformist camp and President Rouhani, they want to keep the treaty uh, uh, alive. And they think this is important to the country's economy if they can continue to have some of the sanctions lifted while doing business with the Iranians and other countries, uh, at least to keep the economy uh, you know, adrift, let's say, uh, because they are selling less and less oil uh, with um, the European uh, major uh, energy companies pulling out of this country. Uh, so they would love to have, uh, you know, at least a continuation of the investment and trade from other countries, if not from uh, the European countries. So I, I think some people do have the hope, let's you know, wait and see, because the details of this mechanism is, are not that clear. And if it goes as planned, say, uh, there are drug, there are food, uh, you know, trade, and then it goes beyond that to include energy investment, trade of energy, uh, and then to include a third country like uh, India, like China, like Japan. And then probably it will become uh, stronger and the European countries will uh, stand firm against the Washington. Mm. Dr. Zhao, a, a more fundamental question. In the near future, do you think it's possible for us to see any possible candidates to challenge the dominance of U.S.-dominated system like the, the SWIFT system? Uh, well, so far, there's no candidate on the horizon. However, I agree with uh, Qingdo that in the long run, if uh, uh, Trump continues to be the president and his policy persists, then European countries will be in their self-service, in their, in their own interest to develop a different system that is outside the U.S. system that cannot be sanctioned by the U.S., uh, however, INSTEX is only to deal with a single issue. Uh, but I think over time, if the U.S. continue to make pressure on the European countries, this system probably will develop into a more comprehensive, uh, more inclusive system uh, with other countries joining in. On the other hand, China has another system that's called CIPS, C-I-P-S, uh, also a global payment clearing system uh, that is outside of SWIFT. And uh, however, at this point, uh, SIPS is still growing. Um, it, it is growing quite quickly, quite fast, with other trading partners with China uh, trying to join this system and use this system with more and more countries uh, adopting renminbi as uh, uh, their foreign reserve. So I think uh, in the short run, no. But in the long run, I think uh, if U.S. continue with its America first foreign policy and also continue to only take care of themselves and uh, pressuring others to serve their own interests, I think others will develop a more 
uh, cooperative global system that will compete with the SWIFT system. Jin mm-hmm. what's your take? Yeah, mostly, you know, the U.S., why the U.S. is able to punish any individual companies doing business with Iran under their uh, their own policy, so-called sanctionable uh, practices by other countries' companies, foreign companies, let's say, and mostly because, you know, the position of dollar, right, uh, and also the access of the U.S. market, it's U.S. financial power. But if the U.S. continue to abuse uh, this special uh, position, let's say, dominant position in terms of a financial transaction, in terms of the position of the U.S. dollar, and then naturally there will be uh, the opposition force, you know, uh, countries will uh, stand up against the practice because obviously the U.S. is hurting, is damaging the interests of uh, not only European countries, but also many other uh, countries' interests, for example, India, China, Japan, South Korea, etc. Uh, you know, because this deal uh, was agreed upon by the six powers, right, including the U.S., Iran, China, Russia, uh, Germany, France, and uh, Britain. But it is the U.S. unilateral decision uh, to somehow to break this deal. So this is unacceptable to other parties, and the other parties are trying to save this deal. So they have the justice, they have this uh, moral uh, ground, I would say. Uh, so you know, for the European Union, they have this financial power, they have this institutional capability. They should make good use of that. And of course, I think this is a very important moment to test the political will. Thanks. That was Xu Qindu, senior political analyst, and Zhao Hai, a research fellow with the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences, where we're talking about the new payment system proposed by European countries to revive trade with Iran and also Iran's reaction to the proposal. Coming up, we will talk about the Chinese online slams. Actually, uh, different government departments actually picked their lists of the top online slams of the past uh, the year of 2018. To hear this episode again or to catch up on previous episodes, you can download our podcast by searching for World News Analysis. You're listening to Today. I'm Sui. Stay with us. ChinaPlus.cri.cn is your home for everything you want to know about China. The latest news in China and everything China-related from around the world. Everything in focus, all in one place, bringing you vital information for your business and travel. Chinese culture, language learning, and more. ChinaPlus.cri.cn ChinaPlus.cri.cn Your portal into today's Middle Kingdom. I am Alka Acharya. I teach at the Jawaharlal Nehru University in India. Today has uh, organized its programs and uh, its stress on uh, bringing in a lot of views uh, from all over. It is an extremely good platform for uh, information and analysis and I wish it all success in the future. Online, on air and on your phone. Take today wherever you go and stay ahead of what's changing our world. From politics and the economy to business and technology, 
Today covers regional and international issues that affect China and the world. Keep up to date with today. You're listening to today. I'm Sui. Online slang has been an important part of Chinese online culture ever since the first message boards were launched, and it's ubiquitous and ever-changing on popular social media platforms. The interconnectedness of Chinese characters means people are constantly creating new words by piecing together two or more characters whose meanings can be compounded. Dialects, news events, songs, and online subcultures are all prime sources of new linguistic creations, which take shape and evolve as they are disseminated over WeChat, Weibo, and other popular social platforms. At the end of each year, Chinese media outlets and government departments publish their lists of the top memes and expressions from the previous 12 months. And how about the past year of 2018? For more on China's top slangs, my colleague Sky Na earlier talked with Rick Dunham, co-director of the Global Business Journalism Program at Tsinghua University, and Manling, our English commentator. The first one is "koi" or "jinli" in Chinese. What does "koi" stand for? In recent years, Chinese netizens have increasingly applied the term to anyone or anything believed to bring good fortune. Ascending to "koi" status means having your likeness widely shared on social media by netizens who hope to boost their luck in love or as a talisman before their exam or job interviews. Rick, have you ever forwarded any "koi"-ish photos? Or memes on social media. I'm sorry to say no. You're making me <laughs> feel very old. I, I mean, the biggest difference is it's fascinating to me when I think of or review Chinese social media, the parallel universe of American or Western social media and Chinese social media. You just don't have this kind of what I would call cleverness. You don't have the creation of the words. In Western social media, the same way that you do in China, part of that is that a lot of Western social media is very sharply political and ridiculing people in power, and you have that proscribed in China. But in China, you really have a lot of cleverness, and so I'm fascinated as we、uh, look at the list and are going to talk about some of these that have become、mm. popular. The same thing, right? Are we revealing our age? But <laughs> I have done survey in the office because we、mm-hmm. have post ninety and post eighties、right. in office and colleagues. I talked to a post ninety, and she said. No, these are for the campus students, the younger ones. <laughs> I am post the nineties. Yeah, I post nineties. Said I'm too old for that. <laughs> I was. Oh my goodness! You, what you said make me feel better because these coined words were used most frequently by students. And、so、I do think like we, we even have generations within generations. I think a, a lot of these are teen. Language and that doesn't、mm-hmm. make them l- less important or less interesting. But I think that it would go high school into college and not really people in their twenties. But、yeah. how do you understand people's mindset on the increasingly forward lucky talisman? I think、Money. the lucky thing, especially specifically, we are talking about the koi thing and the jingli,、mm-hmm. right? Those people who really believe in good luck. They would use it,、right. and relatively speaking, they are more superstitious than other people. So those people who are believed in hardworking, nothing comes for free, may not be posting such a thing. 
because there's no such a thing about sheer luck. You yeah. acquire things, you get things by working really hard and by well-organized, self-disciplining life and mm. through efforts bit by bit. I think every culture, people have sort of this wishes, mm-hmm. wishful wishes, I call them. Yeah. For example, we have um, double six. Yeah. You know, we want yeah. good luck talisman. We call we're wearing something. I'm wearing a little feet of something which says self content or whatever. Mm-hmm. But no harm. So right. if I people think, are sharing these yeah. things, you know, to express good luck. Yes. Well, I mean, I do think there's cultural expression, and uh, Chinese culture is expressed by people of different ages. I mean, the youngest generation is almost completely mobile and very much smartphone oriented. So you're going to see it expressed that way rather than say an older person might have jewelry or a bracelet. (laughs) Yeah. You know, one of the year's most prominent koi idol is Yang Chaoyue. Yang is a sweet looking Mm -hmm. but marginally talented contestant (laughs) on a TV song and a dance competition called Produce 101. Unlike the other trainees, she's not good at dancing or singing and she wasn't seemed really prepared at the time she participated in the program but her pretty face has helped her attracting a large number of fans and she is one of that exactly depicted the meaning of Tang Ying which means win in a breeze or win without making any efforts so she rose to Koidum after she emerged as a program's unlikely winner and aroused a heat debate online that being pretty is enough for some no, of the no, people. No, 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 I don't think this uh, specific little girl has only uh, prettiness. I think being pretty is good for the first impression. Good things happening to you later has nothing to do with being good looking. And she's learning hard and she show people that she practiced so hard. You know, she's not the best dancer and singer. She is willing to putting in a lot of efforts. And these are the things impress people See, other than being pretty. Yeah, I think this crosses cultural lines. People will cheer for, people will like those who try. I mean, maybe it helped that she was pretty to start with. But yeah. mm-hmm. if you remember back, you had a singer from Scotland who was not very pretty, who did not look very good, but her voice was tremendous. And Mm. she rose to international stardom. So I think she had to overcome that. In this case, people may have wanted to like her at the beginning. You have to have a personality. You have to have something going for you or else, to use the words of Andy Warhol, the American director, painter from the 1960s, you have 15 minutes of fame and you're gone. (laughs) (laughs) Not Not only for young people. I think for a lot of people, we are trying, sometimes we are trying to find shortcuts instead of working hard, but right? Finding shortcuts. That's the reason why a lot of people forwarded his koi-like photos. But, but no matter how many times you've posted these things, luck will not happen to you. This is things that people are going to learn quick. Mm-hmm. You know, finding shortcuts is not the way to succeed. Although I will say there is a strain both in Chinese and American culture of the get rich quick, of mm-hmm. getting rich by luck. I mean, it's Las Vegas, it's Macau. Both cultures going back well more than 100 years have this. And I don't say it's the dominant strain, but it's definitely there. There are people, I mean, lottery tickets in the United States, people think they can win millions or even 
billions of dollars occasionally, a couple of times a year in these mega lotteries. And uh, you have large Chinese trips to Las Vegas and Macau's is very profitable. So I do think there's something there, but I don't want to say it's a dominant strain, but definitely you're going to have some people like it. But life has told us that all these sudden fortunes, all we mm-hmm. call luck for money, would not stay with you because you don't know how to handle such mm-hmm. an overwhelming fortune. That's and usually, true. yeah, it's the money that you earned by efforts, bit by bit, that's going to stay with you and you're going to be able to enjoy this fortune you earned right. yourself. It's lotteries or everything, you know, quick money is more detrimental to a person's life than blessings. Mm. Let's turn to the second one, Chou Queen, or argumentative person. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we say in Chinese is Gang Jing. We all have that friend, that guy, you know, the one who likes arguing for the sake of arguing, and the person addicted to disagreement for the sake of disagreement. This year, the Chinese net users popularized a hard-to-understand term of this type of person, Gang Jing. Back in old days, we have another term called Tai Gang, referred to carrying a coffin around poles. The term now refers to being very argumentative, and Gang Jing, that can be considered or referred to the master of those who Tai Gang is the best among the argumentative people. So, Rick, have you ever met any Troll Queen in your life, or could you give us some examples? Oh, yes. From when I was a bureau chief in Washington before I came to China to teach at uh, Tsinghua, we had people who would troll us. They were citizens who just got their fun out of criticizing whatever we would write. And uh, I mean, in particular, this happens often in America where people criticize you for being liberal media or conservative mm. media. And there were certain people who would see a story and then they would send a tweet my way attacking the newspaper for being liberal or being in the on the opposite side, being in the pockets of uh, wealthy corporate interests. Without uh, really understanding what the article means. Right? Yeah, it, exactly. Well, they read the words and then they conclude whatever they want. It confirms their biases in advance. And you can mm. have the same article and people attack you from both sides. And so that to me, this term I think is wonderful because it really, <laughs> it summarizes something that's universal. It's just in different contexts and different places. <laughs> Actually taking out of context is yeah. ganjing, right? Mm-hmm. This ganjing is what you yes. Rick mentioned, that mm-hmm. you take things out of context and attacking you for the sake of yes. attacking you. Mm-hmm. I think we have such people there, but I cannot remember their names because I automatically will avoid such people. Because there's a one way in Chinese saying that, well, Right? Mm. That's the Chinese. So I say one sentence and you have 10 sentences ready to attack me back. So that's a Chinese old way of saying. The opposite saying in America would Uh be if you have to take 10 sentences to explain or defend yourself, Mm. you're in a losing position. If you can't explain it in one or two sentences. Yeah, we need to learn from each other, right? Right, exactly. Just uh, for a clear picture, actually, I saw an article. It's pretty common in our daily internet lives. A girl posted some photos of her anniversary with her boyfriend on WeChat and Instagram. And her boyfriend made her lovely candlelight dinner on that day and gave her a beautiful bracelet. They had a great time that night, and she wanted to share her happiness with the world. Most of her friends were happy for her, but uh, there were some toxic comments that soured her mood. Some say, God, that bracelet looks cheap. Uh, why didn't he take you to a nice restaurant? Or, wow, congratulations. 
congratulations, you look great in that photo. But did you Photoshop it? You are not that skinny. I can tell. <laughs> so you can say those are the Gangjin type of person. Leave toxic comments. I think these people have no aims of life, and they are being <laughs> focusing on other people's lives. You know, to to entertain yeah, themselves. Call, yeah, social nihilists. Yeah, or, that's the almost the original definition of the troll in social media. Yeah, indeed. Somebody who's just there to be nasty. Mm. It's yes. like the little character who Negative. lives under the bridge. The yeah, troll. Yeah. Then, in your opinion, why people are so potty mouthed? What makes people so argumentative? Oh, this nowadays? part is this part is. Easy. It's because they're unhappy, but they're allowed to be they anonymous. They have given the freedom of speech.、Uh, <laughs> well, people had to write you letters. I used to get hate letters. I mean, all reporters get hate letters from people, but people would sign their names, and you'd have their address. It was different. Fewer people did it.、Mm-hmm. When you can just do it anonymously,、mm-hmm. and you have no face attached to it, and no consequences for it. It's a lot easier. I think there's a breakdown in social fiber caused by social media because of the anonymity. I see somebody make a comment. It might be a politician in America, or it might be a reporter who says something that I personally think is ridiculous.、Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that I have to share it with the world,、no. but it's so easy because of social media. You just type it in,、mm-hmm. you push the button, everyone it, in the world can see it, and you can't take it away. And the functioning is ventilation. Actually,、yes. they are not happy. They're just They want the anger to be released into、right. dustbin. You know, they are treating、right. the public domain as a dustbin. <laughs> and also, some people gangjing, right? I'm、mm. talking about mostly they want to grab the、uh, attention of others because they、mm. want to be noticed. Yes, they want、yes. we call existentialism. Another is that those people who are gangjing who want to win. Mm-hmm. No matter whether the truth is on their side or not, right, right. they want to win. Actually, this derived from the primitive spirit of conquering as a human being, animals,、yeah. but without knowing how to win or really being reasonable and powerful in argument. No, they just want to win. So they are、mm-hmm. going to use very foul language, you know, in order to win, have the feeling of winning、mm-hmm. as a conqueror. That's a very good point. That, in your opinion, what are the best ways to deal with a gangji? Me, you know, I just just now I say I avoid indirect confrontation. I just walk away, you know, because there's no point of continue arguing. Yeah, at the beginning of the online world, and I go back in journalism, <laughs> that when you could first have comments, I believed it was our our job as journalists to interact with our readers. I quickly realized you had. Gangjin, you had trolls around who just wanted to insult you and be disruptive, who just wanted to、mm. shift the attention onto themselves with their anger. Social media has made it a lot worse, and I really do believe now. First, you have to ignore it unless there's something that absolutely must be contradicted. It's best just to ignore it and let them go away. It's So stay away from them, right? Yes. Okay, let's continue to the next one. Actually, this is my favorite: Buddha-like, or、mm-hmm. in Chinese, Fuxi. From Song culture to spiritually Finnish and fat or taku happiness, China's so-called ambitiousness millennials have given themselves several creative labels in the past few years. Most recently, a Chinese term meaning Buddha-like has emerged as a means of describing young people who have no intention of. Stressing themselves out by running a lifelong rat race, instead they prefer a calmer and more simplistic 
existence. So how do you understand the Buddha-like lifestyle? What kind of behavior can be considered as Buddha-like? Um, if you said you like it the best, do you think being for Xi, you think it's a positive thing or a negative thing? I, I think, I, to be honest, I think it's a very positive one because it's quite, it's a way that you can find your inner peace while living in a, a materialistic society. Okay. So if you think it's positive, then that's a good thing. But <sighs> to me, you know, I think it's rather negative. And mm. I have to make my point clear. Buddhism means promote kindness and uh, being nice to people. So kindness and acceptance of the uh, harsh surroundings based on understanding and based on rationalities are different from this passive, I don't care, whatever, for she attitude. The difference is one is active, uh, try to accept, try to adjust after understanding what's going on. And the other is just to choose to tolerate whatever comes in the way and try to be indifferent and try to not to feel numb, passiveness of accepting and just take it. Don't ask why. So it's, I, it's interesting. Of... I have a slightly different perspective, mm -hmm. which is if there's nothing you can do about it, don't let it really eat at you. Don't mm. let it hurt. So for me, it would be dealing with the Internet. <laughs> it's, right, it's not working right now or it's really slow and I can't watch my video. This is something culturally as an American, I want what I want and I want it now. And being in China, I think this is one of those things that I've adjusted to, which is sometimes you just can't get what you want right now. And I feel I can be a more peaceful person or at least a less stressed person. So I try to look at it this in a positive way. Yes, if you sort of define this Buddha-like behavior as being completely passive, that's bad. Mm -hmm. But I think it's it's relaxing when there are stresses on you that you can't control. Mm. Actually, we saw the backlash against the, the mindset, you know, from the youngsters' point of view. They believe, uh, actually, according to the internet, it says from an uh, older generation, they argue such approach is defined by pessimism and uh, indolence and uh, sloth leading to a reduced work ethic and the lack of self-motivation. But the youngsters who fit the title back the differ. They believe experience matters more than mm -hmm. results. And for example, someone, they have Buddha-like workout behaviors. It's like, I bought a gym membership because I thought even if I can't adhere to exercising, it'd be good to have a place to shower. So they are find the silver lining of every bad things that happen to them. No, no, it's the ability of seeing the silver lining out of something very bad. For this, it's good. But what about like our generation? We need to plan everything and use the money more efficiently. You know, if I'm going to buy the gyms, then I'm going to go and exercise myself. It's instead of going to just for a shower, it's a waste of money. But if you know that you are not self-disciplined enough don't buy it you know this is our logic i have mm. resisted this my entire life being a child of the 1960s in america where it was don't trust anyone over 30 uh, when, I, <laughs> when i when i when i was very young i feel that way today that i shouldn't become the old generation who looked out on the young people there's not a right and wrong the oldest generation always thinks that things have gotten bad and soft and things were better before. We want to make America great again, or we want, <laughs> we want to re restore you know, our culture. 
but things always change. To me, that's one of the really good things about society. And no one's better and no one's worse. We can have debates, but just because <laughs> people communicate in a different way yeah. on social media <laughs> doesn't mean they're in any way inferior. It's just the, the new way of communicating and new a younger generation with new and different ideas. Then in your opinion, what are the reasons behind the emerging of new mindset among youngsters, you know, having these Buddha-like behaviors? I would go back to society is changing quickly. Technology is changing the way we buy things, Buddha-like e-commerce, changing the way we communicate. It's changing you know, the relationship between individuals and governments, between individuals and companies and all institutions people can feel lost as a person. Even your family is lost in this fast-changing world. I do understand this concept that people would want some source of comfort. Mm. Technological advances has made the world so different. You mm -hmm. have too much to handle. Challenges, opportunities, yeah. complexity Great of the pressures. world, complicated. And it's not about the younger generation and the older generation. It's actually all of us. Yes. We have two roads. One is to follow, catch up, or you hide away. Right. So this Buddha-like attitude is part of the stay away. So this is one way to protect yourself. You don't mm. want to imbalance in your life. Every one of us, we are not prepared to face such an comp increasingly complicated world. Mm. Then, Rick, do you think that's something we should worry about? You know, our youngsters have stressed out by the rapid development of everything in our society. Um, we didn't mention this, but uh, we have to face it anyway. The rocketing housing price and all also the overburden from upper generations and pressures or competitions from our peers. Yes, I really do think that we owe it to the younger generation to make sure they don't stress out too much. I see that as a professor at Tsinghua, whether they're Chinese students or international students, the expectations are so great. The challenges are there too, yet can they afford housing? I mean, they're expected to buy an apartment or buy a house. How can they afford it? Are there jobs? They are getting advanced degrees. Are there enough jobs for all the people in China and all around the world who are getting these degrees? The economies of the world are slowing down. And so, yeah, there is stress. And I do think we owe it to them to let them know there's always been stress. I went into the workforce as a journalist at a time of recession in America in the 1970s, and I had to apply to more than 40 newspapers before I got a job. And so I tell the students... Yes, it's tough, but uh, it's always been that way, and you have skills. And so I think reinforcing the positive and trying to help take away some of the family pressures and the pressures to achieve. At the same time, I want them to excel. I want them to be their best. I want to say that worry is no use, but the Buddha, Buddha attitude is the way out. From Buddha, you know what do you want. Because Buddha's monks do not buy properties. That's you true. Know, that you, is true. You, 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 reduce, you reduce your material longings. Right. You know, mm -hmm. these things will make you happy and build up inner strength. If you do not attach your happiness and balance to properties, to uh, famous mm -hmm. you know, luxurious watches, lifestyles. We used to teach our kids to aim high. I right. now want to say aim low. Because if you aim low, for example, today I wanted to learn 10 new words. It's attainable. And you remember 10 words and you feel happy. But if you aim high, you said, tomorrow I'm going to become a millionaire. 
This is going to give you so much anxiety and depression. You're going to destroy yourself. So we have to adjust. Try to aim low. You can excel because you're achieving things bit by bit. You know, every day. Go steadfast. Mm. Uh, let's move on. Actually, there's another one、uh, I think we should mention is、uh, cheesy pickup lines. Two-way 情话 The phrase cheesy pickup lines combines two-way, which means countryside style or old-fashioned, and 情话 means words of love. Actually, the term entered the popular consciousness in April thanks to the televised male pop idol competition Idol Intern Kin. Then the cheesy lines gained fame as they spread to other variety shows. And among youngsters as well, a few of my favorites, for example, Manling. If I pushed you into a garden, I couldn't be able to find you. Do you know why? Because you are as beautiful as a flower. <laughs> Or this one,、okay. uh, Rick. Can you smell something is burning? That's my heart on fire when I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> so, do you like this kind of way to express love? Is this cheesy to you, Manling? I think it's funny, and I welcome all the new ways and creative, unique ways of expressing love、mm-hmm. because they are good literature、mm-hmm. and from a very different perspective, which is enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I think very pleasant. Well, every year there is a bad Hemingway contest where <laughs> author you you win an award for having a bad imitation of、mm-hmm. Ernest Hemingway, the novelist. <laughs> This is like that in a sentence. It's harmless. I think most of the lines are really stupid. But I think if your goal is to be clever, it's fun. The equivalent on Twitter is you know ruining a date. In four words, <laughs> so it's the same kind of idea, and so I like that. I like the idea of challenging people to be clever because we shouldn't just memorize things. We should have fun, and sometimes fun can mean being dumb but having fun. That was Rick Dunham, co-director of the Global Business Journalism Program at Tsinghua University, and Manling, our English commentator, speaking with my colleague Anna. And also other top stories we've been following. China has been a major market for the New York Stock Exchange when it comes to international initial public offerings over the past few years. Experts also expect that trend will continue this year. The wholly owned subsidiaries of Inter Intercontinental Exchange finished 2018 with 125 billion U.S. dollars in proceeds raised from 356 transactions. NYSE issuers raised 30 billion dollars from 73 IPOs in a year, marked by elevated volatility in U.S. equity markets. 25 international IPOs were executed during the year. Raising ten billion dollars in proceeds, eighteen Chinese companies raised over four billion dollars during that period. Stats show that nearly two hundred million people took part in winter tourism from November 2017 to March last year. Winter tourism refers to tourist activities related to ice and snow. The cost associated with winter tourism has been decreasing, while the public shows increasing interest in participating in those sports. Winter tourism has been booming in China since Beijing won its bid to host the 2022 Winter Olympics. Kenyan officials say the country set to conduct road shows in China to boost investment. Kenya Investment Authority says a team of public and private sector officials will visit three provinces in China in March. Forty Chinese companies have expressed interest in investing in Kenya as a result of the country's participation in the China International Import Expo. 
That's all the time we have for this edition of today. A quick recap of the headlines: World leaders extend New Year greetings to Chinese people, and Iran refuses to accept conditions in EU payment channel. To listen to this episode again or catch up on previous episodes, you can download our podcast by searching for World News Analysis. The program engineer of this episode is Yami. I'm Sui. Thanks for listening and Happy Lunar New Year.